0: Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender.
1: And happy ADA month to everyone in the United States and around the world. So my first shout out is to Yoshiko Dart. Yoshiko, you know we're thinking about you and Justin As we're celebrating the 30th anniversary, because I know without you two, it would not have happened. And although, you know, we lost Justin here on Earth, we have never lost Justin's spirit. So, you know, special shout out to you and to Richard Roberts and Gun Young in... Okinawa and South Korea, Seoul, South Korea. These two are not only my friends, they work for the State Department, but they are advocates in those countries for people with disabilities. And look out because we got a special show coming from Okinawa in the not too distant future. So listen, all of you throughout the world, um, I can't thank you enough. Uh, China, you have the most listeners of all the countries. Thank you. And you know, just so you know, we're thinking of all of you, everyone going through this pandemic. You know, we're all in this together, but they forget how tough people with disabilities really are. So we have, once again, is our lead sponsor for four years, Mark, What a great company you are, Mark, You live what you talk about when it comes to hiring people with disabilities. This year, one of our lead sponsors was People's, formerly known as People's Natural Gas, and now we have Wells Fargo and the Employment Options. What would I do without these great sponsors helping me change lives of people living with disabilities? Well, I have to tell you I'm going to love this show. No offense to any of my other guests, but these are my favorite guests on today. My favorites because they work for me at Bender Consulting Services and they have been with me forever they are all champions, and actually, I'll tell you who we have on. We have Mary Brocker, the Executive Vice President of Operations. We have Gerald Homie, who's a recruitment specialist, and Jim Homey, who is a manager in Accessibility Technology Services, who works with my other Executive Vice President that is the boss of all bosses, Paula Baylog. So... Mary Brocker, you are someone very well-liked and very well-known. I bet there are people right now listening to the show with a big smile on your face because you know what a dynamic person Mary is. And here we are celebrating the 30th anniversary of the signing of the ADA and the 25th anniversary of our company, Bender Consulting Services. So Mary... Welcome to the show, and why don't you start by telling our listeners around the world what you do at Bender Consulting and how this anniversary has impacted you with this role in your life. Well, thank you, Joyce, and for the
2: record, uh, you know, we also, Jim, Gerald, and me, three Team Bender colleagues have to um, admit that you are our favorite boss, and Paula <laughs> Bela clearly is everyone's boss. I, I love it. So, um, you know, we're excited at Team Bender. Joyce has been talking with you about the ADA 30 celebration and Bender 25, it's my honor to hang out with Joyce and, again, two of our colleagues, Jim and Gerald, who will be talking about themselves a bit more. So, you know, as to what I do at Bender, um, you know, really, literally, I uh, work with our great team to deliver on Joyce Bender's vision of improving access and inclusion for those of us living with disabilities. In the specific areas that, uh, you know, Joyce has this vision um, is employment digital accessibility and e-learning. So, um, you know, for me, I have the wonderful opportunity to have access to giants on our team, Jim and Gerald, or two of them, uh, and also have access to, uh, to to many of our customers. So, you know, our folks engage customers and, and you know, we keep the corporate solutions running, sales, customer care. Uh, and then also, you know, we're very leaning into and attentive to customer, uh, and employee engagement. And of course, um, the, 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 as it relates to how the, uh, with the ADA means to me, how it impacts me, uh, in my life, it, it means everything. Um, you know, I have a wonderful time spending, uh, time with, um, so many giants in the disability community, incredible advocates. Um, it's an honor to stand beside them, to walk beside them, and then, of course, to race beside them. Uh, so that's wonderful to be a part of the crusade. And then, of course, in, in my role, it's just been uh, tremendous to play over the last 20 uh 5 years a role in uh being a part of Joyce building uh this impactful organization which has uh, uh you know really impacted tens of thousands of people with disabilities as it relates to employment uh working in uh digital accessibility and advancing that cause substantially and you know i disability e-learning product has now over uh more than Four million business people who have access to our content. So I'll pass it back to you, Joyce.
1: Well, thank you. And so everyone knows, Mary, when did you join? How many years ago?
2: Yeah, so I joined your executive search firm 26 years ago. In about a year and a half um, after I joined, you founded Bender Consulting Services. And I've got to tell you, it's just a wonderful uh, privilege to get paid to do for a living the very thing that is my passion in life, which of course is, you know, making a difference for all, including those of us uh, with, with disabilities. I happen to be, many of you know, born on the day the Civil Rights Act was signed into law, July 2nd, 1964. So I began on day one of my life being a crusader and an advocate for justice for all.
1: And that you are, and I am so, we're so lucky to have you and actually for the world because you have traveled with me throughout the world. Hey, Mary, what do you think about the Bender Leadership Academy? Oh, it's just
2: phenomenal, Joyce. You have, for the last 20 years, done volunteer work, leaning in, helping about 100 students with disabilities each year to learn about leadership, initiative, independence, how to write a resume, uh, how to interview for and secure a job. And you founding the Bender Leadership Academy two years ago, really focusing a not-for-profit's efforts on resetting the career trajectory for students with disabilities is just amazing. You know, students are gaining certifications in digital accessibility, technology, customer service. We're launching a Salesforce uh, training program, and we'll be having, folks who are going through the Leadership Academy, uh, high school students, college students, those returning to work, uh, you know, actually making money in the gig economy and moving from gig to great to follow uh, Jim Collins' parallel from good to great.
1: Yeah, I am, too, so excited about it. And, Gerald, how did you like hearing your uh, composed music?
3: How do I compose music?
1: Yeah, the music we played at the break, at the beginning. <laughs> the music you we wrote. Did that
3: all, we did that all for, at home here at, at my little home office with uh, some recording technology out here. And, yeah, just. Well, years of study.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it is phenomenal. I love that. I love to, especially for you to be on today talking about all of this, you know, uh, because it is a celebration not only of the 30th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act, but this is actually the 25th anniversary of Bender Consulting Services, which is amazing when i think about that and gerald uh you know you are such a key part of so many things that we're doing right now at bender consulting and you are a blessing to all of us and to have you with us but um why don't you tell our listeners what you do um and how all of this has impacted you
3: yeah so I get the privilege to work on a team as one of our leaders in the recruitment area, and I get to work with our team to identify candidates with disabilities that fit the great opportunities we have available and help usher those people into uh, their careers and find a way into those roles and, you know, begin making that positive change of contributing to, you know, a corporation that wants to include people with disabilities like our great customers. And um, it's great to be a part of that. Um, You know, this whole crusade and everything, you know, means a lot to me. Um, You know, I was born also in July, like Mary was. So I was born July 1990 on July 13th on a Friday. On Friday the 13th, I was born, and 13 has always been lucky for me because exactly 13 days after I was born, the ADA was signed into law on July twenty sixth. And yeah, that's amazing. I've worked and now I've worked at Bender for thirteen years. Thirteen years ago I started here on my internship and now, you know, we're celebrating the thirtieth anniversary of the ADA and looking back on all that's happened since then, but also the clear path we see forward to continue to advancement and continue this crusade because, you know, although we've seen a lot of great changes over that time, we've got still a lot to do and a lot more in employment that needs done. People still need to work, and uh, it's great to be a part of contributing to that as a person with a disability myself, you know, and as somebody who has family, friends, significant others with disabilities, so...
1: Well, uh, Gerald, you are one of many people in this country that live with a learning disability. Um, And many of those high school students in uh, the Bender Leadership Academy have some type of learning disability, such as dyslexia. And yeah, you know, the bar is often lowered. And I always tell everyone, when you have a learning disability, you're just learning differently. It does not have anything to do with how smart you are. It is learning differently. Uh, but, But this has been an issue that many people with disabilities have had to deal with Uh, and, And it's just awesome when we place people. That is the heart and soul bender is competitive employment. And when we find employment for people in IT, finance, accounting, any of these areas, and we do work nationally, when we work in any of these areas and someone gets a job every time they get a job, it still is so exciting to me even after as we're going through right now, the 25th year. So Jim Homie, I've known you for a really long time. And I, yes, have, have. Spe- yes, I have a special question for you because it's a little bit different. Um, what is your role at Bender and what would life have been like for you without the ADA? Um, how about sharing that with our listeners?
4: I lead our uh, technology, digital technology accessibility team at Bender. We devaluate ch- we websites, mobile applications, uh, and documents for the, the rules for accessibility in the United States. And really, if it wasn't for the ADA, I would not be working um, right a couple of years before the ADA, Speech synthesis was in its infancy, and I believe firmly that the ADA moved speech synthesis forward and Braille technology forward for all people who are blind as I am, and uh, I'm very grateful for that.
1: Yes, the way you have described to me, Jim, what it was like for people who are blind prior to this, I would say it would have been terrible across the board for people who are blind, preventing them from being able to work in a competitive area uh, versus, as you recall, people making brooms. I know you remember that, Jim, because I wanted to get a shirt with a broom with that, you know, line through it. I always will remember when people told me, hey, blind people, they're employed, they're making brooms. Well, we have come a long way from that time. Thank goodness. Uh, Mary, you know, right now, I think you would agree that you hear constantly on the news about mental health uh, disabilities and how tough it is right now during this COVID uh, academic um, disaster, I should say, that we're going through. And do you think that over the next five years, which of course would be the 35th anniversary of the ADA, do you think we will see a difference and what do you believe the private and public sector needs to see happen for people to start self-identifying because as you know there are many people with disabilities working for companies right now it's just they aren't telling anyone because like you and i because i'm living with epilepsy they have non-apparent disabilities so what do you think about that what do you think it's going to take to see this stigma brought down.
2: Yeah, thanks, Joyce. And I'll get back to your question in one moment. But I have an obligation as a card-coding member of both the Gerald Homie and Jim Homie fan club just to share a couple of things with you, and they'll be talking more about it as we proceed through the show. So Gerald has advanced a best-in-class workforce development program called Careers to Be, where hundreds of early early career folks with disabilities have aligned with competitive, uh, competitive employment, 100% success. And Jim, I'm so excited. I love working with him. His brand uh, as he is delivering excellence, is he has this convergence of a great business mind, a passion for advocacy, and just incredible technical savvy in the digital accessibility space. So just had to shout out to my friend. So let's get back to the stigma associated with mental health disabilities. And over the next five years, when we celebrate ADA 35, will we see a difference? And, you know, what the public and private sector needs to do to see uh, people with disabilities self-identify. So this one's personal to me. As I'm a person living uh, with a mental health disability, I live with depression for decades. I also, when I was co- in college uh, pursuing computer science and, ec- and uh, economics degrees, uh, when I was a sophomore, I had a very rare retinal virus, and I was blind for three months. Since then, my eyesight has returned, and I don't know what it's like to live for the long term, as my uh, colleagues and friends who are living with blindness uh, know firsthand, but I do know what it's like uh, to live with blindness for for several months. So um, so let's get back to the mental health uh, uh, conversation. So we're going to see a substantial difference in reducing stigma that, you know, will result in our brothers and sisters in the workplace taking the action to self-identify as a person with disabilities. So there was so much stigma in the past. Many people who are living with disabilities did not disclose. So, you know, we all know that everything changed 20 weeks ago uh, with COVID-19. And, you know, as it relates to mental health disabilities, there are three types of us, three groups of us in the workplace. Number one, Those like me who are living with mental health disabilities who are a part of the community and they talk about it. And we've developed an arsenal of coping strategies and we advocate when we need support or an accommodation. The second group of people in the business who are living with mental health disabilities are those who have had them but have never talked about it at work. But now they're talking more about it in reference to requesting accommodations. Why is that? You know, we've had a rapid change in folks working from home, folks working different hours. And uh, this has caused folks who are living with mental health disabilities to talk to their employers about that. And then we have many, many people. Uh, who we welcome into the category of those of us living with mental health disabilities because there you know, situational mental health disabilities caused by covid nineteen you know we've got a lot of folks who are dealing with fear trepidation, rapidly changing rules, lack of consistency with uh leadership, and of course uncertainty. so those are some of my thoughts, Joyce,
1: yeah, and um, I also think, Mary. That with a lot of young people coming into the uh, yeah. workforce, that they are going to be m- m- not as ashamed of having mental health right. issue. I think they are going to be uh, great leaders, great disability rights leaders. But I think they're going to say, "Hey, this is what this is part of who I am, and I'm not ashamed." And you know, companies when you think, oh, I don't know if I want to hire people with mental health disabilities, you know, you already have. Okay. They're working for you right now. They have depression, bipolar disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, whatever it is, it's just, they aren't telling you, but some of the people that you are viewing as your top producers are people with a mental health disability, it's just you don't know it. So, um, that's right. I mean, d- depression, it's like one in four people. I, I mean, it's, it's pervasive. It's so many people that are top performers. So I, I just want you to sort of have a reality check on that. And in Mary's Brocker's words, Mary, what do you call companies that get it? Oh, I call companies who get the get it. I call them the awake
2: companies. And of course, companies include people who represent them and who spend time uh delivering success for their brand and awake
1: companies always include awake people. I just love that. I that's why I had to let you say it. I just love that when you call companies that. But right now Hey, it's time for our news break that we have every week on the half hour with our anchor person, CEO of Disability Rights of Pennsylvania, Perry Jude Radisic. What news do you have for us today?
0: Hey, Joyce.
2: uh, Thanks. Joyce, is it appropriate for your other guests to do the drum roll because the Perry Jude Radisic is joining the event today?
1: Yes, that's fine. Uh, That was a that was a good drum roll.
0: Mary is terrific. Uh, I really second all all the things she said about uh, mental health in the workplace, and uh, so appreciate what she does and what you do, Joyce, and what Bender Consulting does uh, for people with disabilities. So thank you. uh, You're welcome. Uh, So it's face mask and COVID nineteen, and really, uh, it's. As as we've had orders from our departments of health uh, and uh, people needing to have a safe distance, going back out into the public and wanting to get out into the community for people with disabilities, uh, the Centers for Disease Control has called on us to wear face masks to prevent the spread of COVID-19. And so our local officials and governors have issued orders for us to wear masks, Uh, but it may be difficult uh, to comply with those orders uh, for every person with a disability. So Disability Rights Pennsylvania just released a new resource on face masks and the rights of persons with disabilities. The resource is titled No Mask, No Service, What Are My Rights to Enter a Business During COVID-19 Pandemic? If I cannot wear a mask due to my disability. So if you go to our website at disabilityrightspa.org right now, our Advocacy Matters segment is up. So go to the homepage, look for Advocacy Matters, and you can click on the latest segment. And we have a link to our latest resource on face masks and COVID-19 you will want to look at this resource. So this applies to Pennsylvania, let me just say that, although there is certainly some context related to uh, the ADA. So the resource looks at Pennsylvania Department of Health requirements, why there are requirements to wear masks, what masks comply with the Department of Health order, any exceptions to the Department of Health order, and the non-discrimination laws that apply to places of accommodations. And, of course, this means the Americans with Disabilities Act, Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act, and we also look at the Pennsylvania Human Relations Act. So there's also a link to all the Department of Health orders in Pennsylvania uh, on our uh, Advocacy Matters page as well because you can't just look at the federal laws without looking at your state laws and orders as well. So you want to look at that. So we know advocacy matters. Civil rights laws are not suspended during COVID-19. That's important to remember. Civil rights laws are not suspended. It's important to educate yourselves about COVID-19, your local Department of Health orders that are in place now, and federal and state laws that protect people With disabilities against discrimination so for listeners outside of Pennsylvania I want to caution you if you go and read our resource that this is based on Pennsylvania Department of Health orders along with federal and state civil rights laws but uh, the publication is for general information purposes don't consider this legal advice so if you have a question about disability related legal issues regarding face mask requirements for you, call our office at 800-692-7443. Now, if you have a question about face mask requirements in your state, you can find your local protection and advocacy agency at ndrn.org. We have that link on our advocacy matters page as well. So all of this is at disabilityrightspa.org. Find the link uh to advocacy matter segment there. Learn more about face mask and COVID-19. Find your own protection and advocacy agency in your state. But if you live in Pennsylvania, we have this resource for you now uh if you go to disabilityrightspa.org.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Um uh... Perry Jude, and I would encourage everyone here's your resource when you have questions about this disabilityrightspa.org. Make sure you follow up. And by the way, you can also make a donation, a small donation. Everything counts. Uh, Perry Jude, thank you so much, as usual. It's always a pleasure to have you, and we will be talking to you next week.
0: Absolutely. Take care.
1: Okay. Um, All right. Well, actually, this news break was Mary's idea. She came up with this idea several years ago, and I'm so happy because we've had Perry Judon for, I think, two years now, and she keeps us up to date on health care disparity or Medicaid or other laws or issues uh, that are civil rights-related like today, and she is brilliant. And brings information for all of you listening to the show. Uh, Jim, you and I have quite a history together. And since this is our 25th anniversary, I would be remiss if I did not ask you to tell the Jim Joyce story, how we met, and then what happened after that.
4: Joyce, you are going to be sorry you opened up that can of worms. Uh, (laughs) Joyce and I met back in uh, 1988 when I was going to a programming school for people with disabilities. And um, this was, of course, before the signing of the ADA. And... uh, I was just there because I wanted to get a job. I had no idea what, what disability rights was all about. I was just there because I wanted to go from uh, being a professional musician to a computer programming field. And uh, this, they said this person was going to come in and visit us at the school. And uh, for those of you who don't know, if you are blind, you probably will use earphones if you have a computer, so I was doing my programming assignment, and I felt this uh, heavy hand on my shoulder, and I jumped out of my seat, tipped over my chair, knocked over my earphones, and they said, this is Joyce Bender. She's coming here to help us get a job, and I said to myself, well, that's the end of that story. She's not going to uh, want talk to me after this. And so I was so embarrassed that the only thing I could say was, well, it's nice to see what a headhunter looks like. And I thought, well, now I have two feet in my mouth, so I just better sit down here and wait for the next opportunity. Uh, a few weeks after that, one of the instructors walked up to me and said, remember that lady that was here a few weeks ago that said she was going to help people get jobs? She likes you. And I (laughs) was completely speechless. Uh, Fast forwarding a little bit, when Joyce was getting me my interview to get my first job, I found out that she also has... Another disability other than epilepsy and hearing loss, which is a directional disability, because she couldn't find her way to her office and I had to help her get there.
1: And he said to me, so That's how we met. Uh, I, and you know what he said? He said, Never trust a sighted person for directions. Uh, and actually, this is one of the reasons I love Jim. He has a uh, great sense of humor. He's really a good person. We are both obsessed with the Pirates, Pittsburgh Pirates. And, uh, you know, Jim, how long have you done accessibility work now at Bender? I've been at
4: Bender for, uh, let's see, uh, more than 24 years. I'm actually employee number five
1: Mm -hmm.
4: at Bender. And And you um, haven't,
1: I'm sorry, go ahead. Scary thoughts.
4: The first day of my first job was Halloween, and uh, (laughs) I'm holding back. Okay, I'm not sure what what to say after that. But anyway, um, but you you have been been, nothing. It's just been a blessing ever since.
1: Well, you have been working though mary how long have you been doing the group that jim is in that does digital accessibility for customers uh to make their website accessible kiosk the internal uh applications at the company mary how long have you been we've been doing that now so it's been
2: two decades jim has delivered Jim ahead, has delivered Mary. solutions with our with our customers, and then he has uh, built. Uh, he's been one of the key players in building our high test group, our digital accessibility team.
1: And this is the team that Paula Baylog is the queen in this area, and has done so much uh, with with Jim. They work so well together. Uh, as I said, Paul is the other executive vice president in the company. But, Mary, we've done work for uh, law firms, for uh, really retail, all types of companies.
2: Absolutely. Insurance, um, technology companies, um, you know, it's just a br- brilliant opportunity. And as I mentioned earlier, Jim is the technical giant, um, and he you know the, the space that high works in is uh, is uh, auditing and ensuring websites, mobile apps, kiosks, and documents are accessible for people with disabilities
1: Yes, and so, as we celebrate our twenty fifth anniversary, that is our one line of business that Mary referred to earlier when she was talking. And wow, it's just so amazing how far we have come. And someday, someday people are not going to just say, oh, do we need to be accessible? You know, as Eve Hill said, when she was with the Department of Justice, if you're trying to hire people with disabilities, but you are not accessible, guess what? You're never going to get to hire people with disabilities. And I love when Jenny Lay Flurry from Microsoft, Chief Accessibility Officer, always says, if you're wondering if you're accessible, you're not. So, you know, and isn't that true? Isn't that so true? Well, Mary, you know, we had a dream about starting what came to be known as Bender Consulting Services. And you, do you remember when I first met with Highmark and how it has continued? What are your thoughts about I all guess, of this? Twenty five. I definitely years? remember. I, I definitely remember that day, and it's just incredible
2: again to have an opportunity to walk beside you, Joyce, and stand beside you, and run beside you uh, and everyone else on Team Bender to build this. Uh, a couple of quick things. Paula Baylog is listening in, and she just chimed in on the chat that she couldn't do the high-test digital accessibility work without Jim. So, Jim, you are a giant to all of us. Uh, I learned something new about Gerald and Jim. We've got Gerald Friday the 13th and Jim Halloween um, never knew that before. And you know, this Perry Jude is just incredible. It struck me as I was listening to her Advocacy Matters uh episode within within your radio show today. Um it struck me uh I, I've been reading a book that uh, Joyce has given to me and it's um We Are Called to Be a Movement, uh written by the Reverend Doctor William J. Barber the second. Joyce knows him first firsthand and has been working with him uh, and several other folks, including his daughter, Sherelle, who's a Harvard epidemiologist on, you know, a lot of these, you know, Black Lives Matter, Black Disabled Lives Matter. And within this this, um, message that he gave uh, at, at church several years ago, he said, there's a power when those who've known rejection come together and that's advocacy. So those of us, all movements have been created by those who have known rejection coming together. So let's get back to um Highmark. Oh, that is amazing. I remember you met with Mr. Lowry. He was the then CEO of Blue Cross of Western Pennsylvania, which is now Highmark today. And, you know, you shared your dream and your passion in such a clear and compelling way, and he was accompanied that day by Keith Katmeyer, who was the chief operating officer, that you shared your dream, your passion in this clear and compelling way that Bill Lowry made one decision in one day. And that decision was to stand behind Joyce Bender when she said, you know, I need an anchor company as a shopping mall needs an anchor tenant in order to get this business started. And Mr. Lowry committed this one decision in one day to bringing on six people living with disabilities for our, from our company and keeping them all on contract for three years. And that one decision in one day has changed the lives of tens of thousands of people with disabilities. And as a matter of fact, Highmark, uh, business Resource Group for People with Disabilities, led by Jenny Homey, uh will talk about a young leader and giant in this space. She's got a tremendous amount of uh, digital accessibility and project management expertise. The um, Highmark, in, in, in it, as they celebrate ADA 30, they have this challenge to others to lean in 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 employment of people with disabilities, and it's this one decision challenge. In addition, Highmark's current CEO, uh, Mr. Holmberg, uh, he has committed to celebrating ADA 30, working with Bender. He's committed to hiring 30 people with disabilities this year. It's called the Highmark 3030. And, again, he's challenging other CEOs to take up that charge.
1: Mary, Uh, excuse me. I also wanted to say, the odds of anyone doing that today, I hate to say it. I can just see me right. walking in. That's right. Hi, would you would you mind bringing on contract six employees and keeping them on contract for three years? And, uh, I mean, for six years. I, no, I got it right the first time. Six people for three years. This would almost That's be correct. impossible today. Um, and, yeah. hi, Mark. Could never thank you enough. David Holmberg and Cindy Hunderfine and Deb Rice Johnson and Karen Hanlon. All awesome. All great leaders. Yeah. Gary Dick, Mick Malik. I mean, there are so many people, you know, the stand behind us uh at HighMark. They are just, I always say HighMark sits the high mark for other companies to follow. And I never talk about this, but I just want to explain to you um, at Bender Consulting Services, we are a for-profit company for two reasons. Number one, no pity. Pity's like racism. It just leads to unemployment. Um, and number two is we wanted to have a rich benefits program, which we do still 25 years later through Highmark. Um, And we now place people on contract, this is what we've always done, Uh, but we also place people directly. And what I just wanted to mention uh, just for a few minutes is that Chris Griffin, who is the superstar in the disability community, EEOC commissioner, um, OPM assistant director, um, worked for... One of those groups that Perry Jude talked about uh, in Boston, the, well, is that called the mental law? What is that called, Mary, where she worked? Chris? Called the, the Disability Law
2: Center of Massachusetts. It's a part of what Perry Jude was talking about when she mentioned the protection and advocacy groups with the National Disability Rights Network, NDRN, for those who are listening from uh, other states.
1: And she is a fierce... Advocate so respected. Uh, she was the chair of AAPD, and she's just known by the whole disability community, and what an honor it is that she's now working with Bender Consulting, and she is handling uh, retained search in legal uh, CEOs of disability organizations, and I am handling the human resources executive search so chris was responsible for maria town the ceo of aapd which you know what a great find and uh, marcy roth the ceo of wid the world institute on disability another great find and is working on several other searches but you know from when i met chris I never thought in this journey she would be working with us. And I think you would agree, Mary, that she is a superstar. She is a superstar.
2: She's a great friend, a mentor to me. And talk about advocacy. She just uh, leans in to every injustice. She's just inspirational.
1: She is. That she is. Well, you know, we don't have as long of a time as I thought we would, but I should have known that this would go quickly because um, of having three dynamos on with me. And again, we are celebrating at Bender Consulting Services, the 30th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act, You know, through our social media, through events with our customers. And of course, again, where the rubber meets the road, Employment. Employment for people with disabilities. Um, And so I thought we could take a moment before we end the show today, starting with you, Gerald, if you might share with us what you hope to see in the future with the ADA in the next 5 to 10 years. What do you hope you'll see?
3: I just wanted to see uh disability included more and just, you know, a part of everything. You know, right now, you know, we have to fight to get make sure that when things are happening that disability gets included, and I want that to be, you know, the default is that disability gets included, and um, access, that includes accessibility, that includes hiring, all those things, and, you know, what? we're going to be be fighting for it. You think... You know, Bender's done a lot. Now we'll see you in another twenty-five years. Wait till we see what we,
1: what how the
3: landscape has changed at our fiftieth anniversary.
1: Oh, what a day that will be! How about you, Jim? What do you hope to see? I echo Gerald's sentiment, uh,
4: and I think what it, what how it will happen will be we'll go from having special programs in companies that make a big deal out of hiring just a few people with disabilities to just uh, business as usual, just like uh, we have other groups in this country. And I'm, I'm very hopeful that that will happen and, and I hope I get to see a lot of it happen.
1: Yes, me too. Okay, how about you, Mary, what do you think?
4: Yeah, Joyce, if you don't mind,
1: I'd love to
2: uh, kick it back to Gerald before I share, um, you know, what my hope is. And, Gerald, would you mind sharing what uh, your hope would be as it relates to the impact of the Careers to Be program since you are the product manager uh, and innovator in that space?
3: Well, you know, the Careers to Be program is there to help people with disabilities enter, the workforce, because right now that's one of the biggest problems is we can't get into the workforce at the beginning. So this is to get people experience, because apparently people with disabilities have to prove themselves more than other people that we are capable. So we get experience, and then people will hire us because we should prove them that we're capable of working. Um, so I wanted to be normal that people with disabilities get those entry-level opportunities and get to progress. I want so many people to go in and do a great job, like they have done in the careers-to-be program, that, you know, it just becomes normal to include programs like this to develop talent and get people with disabilities injected in the workforce throughout
1: the U.S., so. Yeah, thank you so
3: much, Gerald,
2: and Kim...
1: Mary, uh, only because we only have a couple minutes left on the show, I want to make next sure we hear from you. Me? No, we have two okay, minutes great. left on the show. I want to hear from you what Okay. What you think. Perfect. So, you know, as to the next 30 years, you know,
2: we've, we've celebrated ADA 30 now, and we've had many successes. So what comes next? Um, this next 30 years, now this is where I see real hope. So we as a disability community will build on the borders of success that we've experienced over the last 30 years since President Bush signed the ADA into law. And, you know, we have the best opportunity to make forward progress in multiple areas. But I just wanted to pick out three of them, three areas that are impactful uh, and that are important to our community. So the first one, one is employment, as Joyce Bender says. Where the rubber meets the road is people with disabilities gaining access to freedom through competitive employment. So as it relates to employment, we're seeing increasing interest in this area as a result of um, bright lights like the Disability Equality Index, which is a benchmarking survey that was brought to market by the American Association of People with Disabilities and Disability. In, also over the last 20 weeks since the coronavirus pandemic, we have seen large employers sending their teams to work from home. And that's the proof of effectiveness of this new work strategy that's going to allow people with disabilities living in rural areas to have access to make contributions in the workplace. Very quickly, the second area is digital accessibility. The leaders in this space are academic institutions and state governments, and they're demanding that content is accessible, websites, mobile apps apps, documents and kiosks. They need to allow people with disabilities to consume content and interact with these technology components. And finally, the third area is just a blast this is visionary technologies just a few years ago there was nothing like or called a smart home wayfinding did not exist and these are new enabling technologies for people with disabilities but like the elevator like the curb cuts like captioning that have been used by all people over many many decades these are going to impact all of us so thank you joyce
1: oh thank you thank you three And we will continue celebrating. We end every show with a quote. And since we're talking about employment, that has to be, work gives us dignity, said Tony Quello. Work gives us dignity. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Happy ADA Month. And speaking of Tony, he'll be with us next Tuesday. Don't miss that show.
0: Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. We are the leader in live Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.